Hey friends, great show for you today. Uh, we are talking about more proof for the Bible in this series, Get Real, because that's what we want you to do. Get real. We want you to know the Bible is real and learn about the amazing truth of the Bible. I even got a special guest in here with me today. In addition to Don, my brother who's always here, so I'll uh, introduce him to you in a minute. You've seen him before, but uh, you're going to see him again here and Uh, We're just going to jump right at the content, get at it, so you can be encouraged in your faith because that's what we're all about. Let's go. All right, well, uh, here we go. Turn down the music a little bit here. I was kind of rocking out yeah, on that. Were you? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's good, Don. And uh, I'll just go ahead and introduce uh, Mr. Don Medicus to you right away here. This is the one and only. Retied in the chair. We, we love Mr. Medicus. He's so fantastic. He's still tied in the chair. And, uh, of course, today we also have joining us uh, Dr. Mike Chichak. So he also All gets right. the applause. Nice. Thank you. Uh, we love Dr. Right, Mike. And... So excited that you're both with us here today. So, uh, so Dr. Mike, you, you're joining us today uh, yes, for sir. this uh, for this particular episode. You've been here before. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking, you know, when I we initially talked about you coming on, I was thinking, man, I'd like to do something like science related because that's a little pet project of mine. Right. Is uh, evolution and yeah. and that kind of stuff, and and just really proving the truth of the Bible. Uh, also. Uh, the topic of, I think, science mm-hmm. is uh, just an interesting one because in, in what we call science, basically, I don't know if you as the viewing audience have thought about this before, but uh, I, heard, I heard a gentleman, I was listening to a lecture a couple of weeks ago, and I thought this really summed up my feelings on the topic yeah. perfectly. But instead of calling it science or you know, scientific or whatnot, he referred to it as scientism. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. science, scientism. So I, I thought that was kind of it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Science, like in almost in other words, like because we did we did an episode a while back. Oh, is, yeah. is science a religion? Is science a cult? Oh, I think yeah. was the question yeah, we yeah. were asking. Mm-hmm. And so you know we kind of got into that topic a little bit, but um, yeah. you know, but that's uh, I, I wanted to go there, and then I w- w- I'm actually preparing to go uh, on a trip to Egypt and Israel and the real Mount Sinai, the one that I've showed you all about. And I interviewed Andrew Jones live on location from Sinai. Uh, I'm going there. I'm getting ready to go. I'm going to be gone for like 24 days. Yeah. So crazy. It's amazing. And um, that's in the back of my mind. And so I've actually spent the last several days like watching the 1956 Ten Commandments Charlton Heston, C.B. Mm, DeMille, Ten yeah, Commandments movie. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Just sort of like mentally, emotionally, like prepping myself for this. Mm-hmm. And so basically, like, um, uh, basically, uh, I was doing a little bit of research. And while I was doing my research, I was, uh, I came across like I was doing some different studies on Joseph and is there evidence for Joseph in Egypt? And that was the topic. Mm-hmm. That I kind of landed on today. So that's what yeah. we'll talk about in a moment. But before we do that, Dr. Mike, I wanted to see if you want to tell us a little bit about your book because oh, yeah. uh, you wrote a book, man. I did write a book. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you very much, AJ. Yeah. I did write a book, and the title of it is Guide to Unstuck. Uh, essentially, it is um, subtitled A Doctor's Advice on Answering God's Call. Uh, basically, it's a one month devotional, and each day, we take a deep dive on what is it that is holding you back 
from stepping into your dreams and accomplishing what God is calling you to do. Big news on the book is that it was recently picked up uh, for a second edition by TBN. I saw that, man. Yeah. yeah, It's pretty sweet. It is pretty cool. It's very exciting. Uh, Their publishing network is called Trilogy. Okay. So it had a global release here on their network uh, about a week and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, pick it up. I can tell you I've had the most amazing feedback blesses my socks off the people that have read it have just been so moved yeah changed impacted people that have had dreams on their hearts for a long time have started businesses after reading it so yeah it's really exciting it's available on amazon.com or uh, um, barnesandnoble.com so you can pick it up there but yeah it's uh definitely Sweet, bless you. yeah i love it you. and uh, if, if there's one like main takeaway with with the book i mean what, what is it the guide to being unstuck what's like your big takeaway what would you want to say to people don't quit don't yeah. quit yeah, that's the the big takeaway is there's so many things that interfere with us and we, we have a tendency to get stuck in our own comfort and our comfort can really keep us right where we are. But the pain of our past, uh, God, if you allow him, can use that to help you pursue your purpose. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. yeah. Uh, that's right. I, I'll tell you what, honestly, and uh, I went through it, I know, uh, and, and read several of the devotional. It's kind of like a devotional style it is. Yeah. book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's great because, I mean, you could do a little piece of it every morning right. and really see kind of the growth in your life over yeah. the course of a month or so. You know? Yeah, and I wanted it to be accessible. I mean, you know, being a doctor, I mean, I've done so much reading in my life, and, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a big part of my life. But, man, we're so busy now. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if you put some textbook in front of somebody and say, hey, this will impact you, it's great, but it's, it's too much, right? Right, so, right. Uh, I wanted to make it really accessible, easy, something you could fit into your day, just really with a low barrier to entry. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. pick it up. I mean, it's it's really really impactful for those that have read it, and I know it's uh, it's it's got a lot of impact yet to be had. Yeah. Amen, man. Love yeah, it. And uh, excited to have you on the show again. Thank you. Thanks Glad for joining us, my friend. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, pick it up. You can get it on Amazon and uh, anywhere. Well, is it anywhere books are sold or Amazon? Uh, or? Amazon, yeah. Barnes & Noble. Okay, yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just about. Those are the two big ones those today. Those are the two so big ones, yeah. You can get it there. The Guide to Being Unstuck by Dr. Mike Chichak. So, yeah. uh, so uh, I wanted to kind of jump into this topic because um, I have spent a great deal of time looking at the Exodus, looking at um, Mount Sinai. We actually talked about Noah's Ark at one point. Um, in fact, we've had probably our, our biggest video uh, that we've had thus far on this channel with, with the most views. Um, and it all centers around the, the idea that Noah's Ark has potentially been found. Mm. And so I wanted to kind of continue that theme, and I thought of some different things that I hadn't really covered. Uh, I did mention before how... One thing that some people are taught, whether it's on a seminary level or maybe depending on the kind of church you go to, if it's not like a strict Bible-believing church, you might hear that there's no evidence for the Exodus. You might hear that there's no evidence for Bible stories. So that's like a big part of my ministry is I want you to understand that the Bible is true. Uh, I want you to know that just for your own edification because I feel like a big part of the problem in our culture today is that they're just... We're looking at this book like it's a myth. We're looking at you know the the flood like it's a myth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and and it's it's really obvious when you think about it. You go out and you see uh, rock layers that are that were laid down by water, and there's dead things buried in those rock layers that were laid down by water. They're in the form of fossilized remains, and those fossilized remains have uh, soft tissue in them. Mm-hmm. So these these layers were laid down by water and there's soft tissue. They can't be. That, that immediately tells you that the, the, the narrative that 
young people are taught today in school uh, or, or in colleges or even that, that you know, through pop culture, mm-hmm. uh, this narrative of, of evolution and deep time and millions of years and billions yeah. of years. Yeah, it's it's just it cannot be true just based mm-hmm. on some of these you know simple things. So, uh, having said all that, like we've jumped around and we talked about different uh, layers to this and how the Bible is true. But uh, today, I I wanted to focus on this idea of evidence for Joseph in Egypt. And I first came aware of some of the information I'm going to show you today. Uh, I don't know about maybe like four or five years ago. Um, there's actually a great documentary on this that you can get. Um, it's available on digital. You can get like buy it on Vudu or on Amazon. Uh, you can get hard copy of a DVD if you're old school. It's called Patterns of Evidence: The Exodus, and uh, it's it's uh, a, a guy who named Tim Mahoney who put together these documentaries on uh, these exact topics that we're talking about here. Um, he's actually getting ready to release his new one. I think it's in theaters for two days only. October. I want to say it's like October seventeenth like 17th and 18th or something like that. It's only like a two-day only showing, yeah. and it's probably only in major cities. Uh, but you can actually go see this this new movie that he's produced in the theater. That's all about Mount Sinai. So he's actually no going kidding. there. And and he's interviewing in that show, he's interviewing one of the people we had on our show, Ryan Morrow, a oh, few wow. weeks ago. Uh, he apparently makes an appearance because I saw that on his, his wow. Facebook page yesterday that he's going to make an appearance in that, that film. Love so... Um, so, so that's where I initially found some of this information that I'm going to give you today, but I, I'll give you a little bit more as well. I think it's kind of fascinating. And, uh, I basically want to start off with a video, uh, that will explain these things to you. So, uh, uh, sit back, get some popcorn if that's what you want to do. This video is about 10 minutes in length, but I think it's really informative. I'll put a link to it in the description. So if you want to actually watch that video just by itself, you can, or share that with somebody. Um, here we go. Got the disco ball music. key decisions he would have made in order to protect Egypt and save his pharaoh's skin. A man who steers his people and his king through great adversity might expect a big reward. So, did Joseph get one? So this is going to tell you a little bit about the story of Joseph as well as uh, some proof for Joseph in Egypt. If his family can settle in Egypt. The Bible says Joseph and his brothers settled in a city called Pyramuses. But archaeologists surveying the area could find no trace of the city. Then, in the 1970s, a farmer found the first remarkable clue, the remains of a colossal statue. Archaeologist Irina Forster-Muller thinks the statue proves that this was the site of the city mentioned in the Bible. Ramses the Great, Ramses II, was one of the most important kings of the New Kingdom. 
I blocked off her face. It's the area of Piramese, his Unintentional. capital. It was a huge city in this time. We have here the statue and we know we have a temple over there and several other temples and uh, villas. The find raised hopes that this was where Joseph had settled and was reunited with his brothers. But these hopes were dashed when archaeologists established that Pyramuses was built 300 years after Joseph's time. In addition, there was no sign of a Semitic presence at all. But inscriptions were then discovered suggesting that Pyramuses was built on top of an older city called Avaris. If they could find it, then maybe they could find Joseph. Then they found it. Excavations are gradually revealing the secrets of Avaris. It was built 300 years before Pyramuses, just when Joseph was thought to have lived. And its ruins revealed tantalizing clues. Although most of the buildings were Egyptian in style, one area was distinctly Canaanite. But the most compelling evidence of a Semitic presence came from inside the houses. These bodies were found buried in sideways postures, a typically Canaanite tradition. And objects found inside the burial pits left archaeologists in no doubt. We have a lot of uh, Canaanite uh, shapes like jugs here, combined with Egyptian shapes like the small vessel here. We find sometimes weapons attached to the tombs, like this sword. It's made of bronze. And then with the same tomb comes a belt in very fragile condition, which the male burial had around his hip. So we have always the mixture of both cultures. These finds are consistent with the Bible's claim that Semites settled in the Nile Delta. But only poor Semites, perhaps slaves. None of it indicated someone of Joseph's status, a high-ranking pharaonic official of Semitic origin, lived there. But further finds at Avaris suggest that archaeologists are closing in on that elusive evidence. The excavations have since returned to agricultural use, but there are extensive plans and photos. David Roll, a specialist in biblical and ancient history, examined, then reconstructed part of the site. To the north of where they have their dig house, they started digging in a flat field of wheat. They didn't expect to find very much, but just under the surface, they found these remarkable finds. A beautiful villa, which is the quality of a palace. In fact, it probably is a palace, but it's not of a king. It's not a palace of a king. Reconstructed, you can see how complex it is. There are various elements to it built at different times. It had 12 columns along its colonnade, and that's a significant number in the Bible. This small palace looked like the home of a high-ranking official. 
but it was a find at the back of the palace that most intrigued archaeologists. A tomb topped with a pyramid. The tomb was over there, uh, to the south of the palace. And one of the most interesting tombs was that of a dignitary with a tomb chapel. And inside this tomb chapel, we found the rest of a tomb statue. The statue had been vandalized, but when reassembled, it shocked the experts. This could not have been the statue of an Egyptian official. When we get it back to the museum and restore it, it looks like this. And you can see that the head's been completely smashed, the lower part of the head, and the eyes have been gouged out. But the most important thing is this. It's an amazing haircut. We don't see anything like that in Egypt before this time. And the hair colour is bright red. This guy had flame red hair. The details were typical of Semitic people. Another little detail is the skin colour. Here we can see the forehead. And this here is yellow skin. And that's typical of what the Egyptians did to represent foreigners from the north, people with pale skin. It wasn't just on the hair and face that paint was found. Flakes of red and black paint were found on the outline of a garment and with it, a distinctive pattern. Could this be a multicolored coat? Could this be Joseph? The absence of a nameplate means there's no way of knowing, but for David Rohn, there are no other contenders. We have no other example of something quite as extraordinary as this. We have no pyramid tomb for an official estate. We have no other palace for a private individual. These sort of things are things reserved for royalty, usually. So this is extraordinary. We have no other examples to compare it to. But if you're trying to imagine the rewards of somebody who gave such service to Egypt, who saved it from the famine, you would expect these type of things to be given. Most Egyptian tombs were stripped of treasures such as furniture, clothes, and jewelry. This tomb was no exception, but in this case, the bones were also taken away. If a plunderer had gone in there to, to wreck the tomb, he would have left the bones behind. He wouldn't have taken the bones away. Bones don't have any intrinsic value. So somebody's removed the body from this tomb. Now, the story of Joseph is at the time of Exodus, when Moses takes the Israelites out of Egypt, he takes the coffin of Joseph with him, so he would have left an empty tomb. So here we have a guy with a multicolored coat with an empty tomb. It's got to be Joseph. And the Joseph story is important for that reason, providing the link to the Exodus. Okay, so, uh, yeah, what did you guys think of the, uh, the video there? I mean, interesting stuff. I mean, maybe yeah. that you haven't heard before. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I think it's it's pretty cool. I, I love the the historical. Um, I mean, you're, what you're getting at, AJ, is there's there's a lot of people looking at this stuff as myth, right? Yeah, and yeah, saying, yeah. Hundred percent. How do I? Yep. How, I, I was told that it's there's no evidence for the Exodus. I wasn't told this personally because I went yeah. to a conservative Bible seminary, right? But many seminarians who go to more liberal institutions do uh they they might hear there's no evidence for the exodus there's yeah. no evidence for the israelites living in egypt mm -hmm. at all so what does that do to your faith when you when you hear things like that well you know? i mean the thing is the way that a lot of people are raised especially when you're talking like 
you know, the the younger generation, you know, the, the younger end of the millennial spectrum and whatnot, you know, it's like if you can't prove it, it didn't happen. Yeah. Right? right. So how do we, we we faith is like some. But can we prove evolution? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right, we want. Right. Can, we can want, you prove millions of years? We want evidence that we can hang our hat on, yeah. which kind of kind of conflicts with uh, what faith really is in, in a way. Yeah. But it is awesome to see some historical evidence of facts in the Bible, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. What do you think, Don? Well, I, I think they actually did find a place where Joseph was buried yeah. at one time. And the fact that there is no bones, and we know that they took his bones in the Exodus yeah. and uh, placed them uh, in the cave that his father had bought. Yeah. And, that, and I really... Uh, I never really gave it any thought of not believing that, right? You know, right. from the Bible. I mean, to me, what's ever in the Bible is true, right? And I don't question it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but to see this, and it's like here, here's the proof. Yeah. It's like wow, right? Yeah. This is cool. I mean, there were some definitely some interesting similarities there, right? With uh, uh, with the uh, I mean, the the, the, the statue mm-hmm. inside the pyramid, right? The fact that the the, oh, yeah. the bones were taken out, right? Which is what would have been the case with uh Joseph because mm-hmm. that they he he wanted the Israelites when they were taken out of bondage in Egypt to take his bones back to Israel. Mm-hmm. Um the 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 multicolored coat in that yeah. in that statue just blew my mind. Yeah, that's really cool. And yeah. the fact that it was just adjacent to a building that had 12 pillars mm-hmm. which, you know, probably would have been the foundations of of the maybe the burial sites for the other uh 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I, I could be saying this wrong, but I, I almost thought that I remembered in the, uh, patterns of evidence documentary, I almost thought I remembered him saying that they did dig up 12, uh, sets of bones there mm. at this location, but it's, it's an interesting location. It's called Avaris is the name of, of this archeological mm-hmm. site. And it mm-hmm. dates to about the right time. Um, w- one interesting thing I think that a lot of people don't know it, about Egyptology. Uh, I mean, you probably don't even know what Egyptology is. Study of Egypt, right? It, it is, yes. It's, 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 <laughs> That's in, what I thought. Yes, yeah. and, and in particular, the, the, time, uh, the time frames mm-hmm. uh, of when things happened. Like, in today's day and age, we have lots of, like, you know, we have digital clocks, we have atomic clocks, we can kind of pinpoint when something happened in terms yeah. of, uh, you know, categorizing it. Uh, we we know when World War One started, you know. So we know when Kennedy mm-hmm. was assassinated. So like, we know some of these important things, uh, but it, it gets the, the math gets a little fuzzier the further back in time you sure. go. Sure. And so this is one of the things that Egyptologists struggle with. So in the first documentary, Patterns of Evidence: The Exodus, uh, one of the things that he Tim Mahoney covers in there is this shifting of Egypt ancient Egyptian dates. Uh, basically where there's these gaps uh, that, that are attributed to certain places in time yeah. uh, that, you know, it's kind of fudged. I guess the math is fudged mm-hmm. a little right. bit for lack of better terminology. And, and I know I'm, I don't want to get technical with it. I don't think I can get technical with it, but um, I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to understand that the further back in history you go, probably the more uh, fuzzy... Yeah, Cloudy, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more rudimentary timekeeping yeah. techniques, right? Yeah, yeah. Technology and, wasn't there, and so some of that, if we don't know a, a date, a particular date for a certain thing, mm-hmm. a lot of times that's how we get the dates for the other things mm-hmm. because they didn't have BC, right? You, you know what I mean? Uh, leading right. up to Jesus, it wasn't until after <laughs> Jesus, then, yeah. 
you know, yeah. and, and probably even a few decades and after Jesus, a couple centuries later, yeah. where you started the, you know, keeping time by this one man who changed the course of history. So like, so it gets a little fuzzy when you go back far enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things yeah. Egyptologists, uh, you know, um, I guess struggle with. Uh, so if you, if you shift things around a bit, it actually lines things up perfectly with this uh, date of the Exodus being closer to like one, uh, one 1500 BC. Mm-hmm. And um, also the, the the mention to Ramses, you know this this city of Ramses, mm-hmm. um, and one of the reasons Ramses is the pharaoh in the Charlton Heston Ten Commandments movies, okay, is because of this reference to Ramses, which was a city. But it could also just be that, and this is probably the case. Why does it say Ramses? Because Ramses wasn't a city yet Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was at the writing down of some of these things or maybe a later editor copier uh mentioned ramses because that was the new city that was there right you know what i'm saying and then they were mentioning the location of where uh the israelites lived so uh, not necessarily the time frame in which they lived, but the the location according to modern day cities and where where they modern day for them it would have been modern day but um but basically, uh, that's one of the reasons you see Ramses in the Ten Commandments movies. But he was—he would have been a little later mm. than the Pharaoh that probably was in existence um, when during during the Exodus. Yeah, during the Exodus. So, and the and the Exodus is is about four hundred years after the time frame of Joseph. So, if you're, if you're talking the Exodus was, uh, which that's been challenging to date in the past. But again, if you actually kind of give the Egyptology a fresh look Mm -hmm. and uh, you see some of these other uh, pieces of the puzzle. I think you can date the Exodus to closer to 1500 BC. Mm -hmm. And then Joseph would, would have lived about 400 years before that. So uh, this Avaris site lines up with those timeframes. So, um, you know, I I think that just kind of makes it a really, really interesting site. I think the, this statue of, Joseph is really fascinating. And mm-hmm. yeah. honestly, like I just hadn't heard about this until I watched that documentary. Yeah. And what I'm really trying to show in this series is just evidence for the Bible, evidence for some yeah. of these Bible stories. Makes sense. You know what? I, I just want to bring out an interesting point because, you know, there's so, you talk about this all the time on, on your, on your podcast age. I mean, there's such an effort in our world right now to almost discredit the Bible, yeah. right, yeah. And, and then the whole science and, you know, all, all this stuff, right? And it's interesting that this guy, and this, he's taking a team to try to unearth evidence yeah. of Joseph. And it almost reminds me of, for some reason, it just, it just brought Noah to my mind. Because, yeah. you know, Noah, as we all know, as believers— you know the story that's always told us is you know he he was told to build a boat right. when there was no sign of a flood yeah and everybody thought he was nuts right yeah. I mean they did they yeah. all thought he was crazy now they think we're nuts today for believing in him yeah but but yeah. this guy has kind of gone down the same path because he's going and he was going for so long trying to find evidence of Joseph yeah having no knowledge whether or not he would ever actually find it yeah yep. and and now he has yep. and it is really remarkable to say that hey. There's actually not only the faith that we have that supports us, but there's yeah. there's some real evidence here to say, hey, look at this. This story is real. Yeah, man. I don't. Did you see the documentary? The uh, 
Okay, so that's actually his story and what he goes through. The really? guy Tim Mahoney, the the director of the of the film. No, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. he. Um, so that that excerpt that I showed you was not an that was not an excerpt from uh, the movie that I'm telling you about, the Patterns of Evidence, the Exodus film. You can actually buy that digital version of it. I mean, you could right now you could download it or watch it, probably rent it on YouTube or on Vudu or or mm-hmm. Amazon. Um, but that's his story. Is he goes to meet a famous archaeologist. Mm-hmm. And he's goes to a site that uh, is supposed to have evidence, and this archaeologist tells him, "No, I'm sorry, there's nothing here." And he just got a pit in his stomach wow. when he heard this. Yeah, and it, and it just his faith was just shaken, mm. and he went home. And he actually, I if if I remember correctly, I'm probably totally butchering his story, but I know he went home and he pulled a book off of his shelf, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the guys that he interviews is actually in that video that we just showed, David Roll. Okay. Um, and he uh, came across this site and yeah. some of these things. Um, in that particular documentary, he also looks at just some other evidence for the Exodus. He looks at uh, he looks at Jericho, the walls mm-hmm. of Jericho. There's some interesting stuff there. But for me, this this Joseph thing was was yeah. massive. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads me to one other interesting thing. I don't know if, if either of you have ever heard of Emotep before. I've heard of it. It's it's yeah. a uh, he's he's an ancient uh, basically architect. He's uh-huh. a uh, Emotep is an ancient Egyptian architect. Okay, and it, there are a lot of people who think that Emotep was Joseph because really? there's all these interesting similarities. Now, uh-huh. according to Egyptologists, he lived a thousand years before Joseph. But mm-hmm. again, without you know getting into the messiness of that, uh, I. I, I just want to suggest that that could be true. Yeah. There's a lot of people that look at the similarities of what uh, he did mm-hmm. and what Joseph did, and they think that's just the Egyptian name for Interesting. Joseph. It's, yeah. and, and now Emotep is actually in ancient Egyptian records hmm. for, for, doing, for saving his uh, people during a famine. Um, yeah. mm. He was the wow. king's right-hand, the, right. the pharaoh's right-hand man. Um, and he did certain, you know, other other things, and so there's just all these very interesting similarities uh, yeah. there between even the words phonetically when you line them up next to each other, Joseph and Emotep, they kind of look similar, you know. So, uh, so just uh, something else to throw out there because again, a lot of people say there's no evidence for the Bible. Well, here's some archaeological evidence. I would say finding a tomb. That is potentially Joseph's of a Semitic person in the right time frame. I mean, I would say that's some pretty good evidence. Pretty good with evidence. no bones. Uh, yeah. yeah, with, with, no, with bones. no bones. Yeah. I mean, all these different elements of the story line up. But also just the fact that like this whole site, not just the tomb now, but the entire site was yeah. was a place where, where Semitic uh, Canaanites lived, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, which, which is what the Israelites were. Right, they were coming out of the land of Canaan, and 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 that those that those people that this probably is the place where the Israelites even lived when they were enslaved. That's probably the ancient land of Goshen. You know, I think you know, there's is, something is that we can Avaris. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I think there's something we can easily overlook. I mean, our world now is so comfortable and easy for a lot. I mean, even physically, there there just isn't a lot of physical hard work that we have to do for depending on what your career is right yeah. you know what they had to overcome to build these monuments to these people that had such an impact in their story i mean it really speaks to the fact that joseph had such a profound impact 
on their culture, yeah. on their day-to-day life, on everything that they would, even after he was passed, that they would do this for yeah. him, right? I mean, I just think that it's, 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 I mean, pardon the pun, but it is kind of monumental, yeah. right? It, I, well, th- this will blow your mind too, and it's another plug for Patterns of Evidence film as a, uh, just as a, as a series. But like, so he, this guy, Tim Mahoney, he's a, he's a director, and so he's directed Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, um, he's actually directed three movies since then, and then he's got these other ones coming out, which are about Mount Sinai. I mm-hmm. think um, the th- third and fourth movies that he did, it was a part one and two, and all all of these have been in theaters. Yeah, but uh, they were about the red the site of the Red Sea crossing, and he interviews people who are teaching in academic uh, institutions that say there's no evidence for this stuff. He he interviews them and just lets them talk, mm-hmm. and then he, you know he presents them with some of the stuff that he's found and and so on. Mm-hmm. But part two. Uh, his second movie was called The Moses Controversy, and that was actually my favorite one because uh, there's also another thing that people are told, and I, I did hear this, that there was no evidence of the Hebrew language being in existence before the Babylonian captivity. So his part two film, The Moses Controversy, is number one, did Moses exist? Yeah. Number two, did Moses write the Torah? Number three, could Moses write the Torah and for whom? Because the populace was illiterate and they had no writing system of writing because the alpha, our alphabet that we use today was supposedly developed originally by the Phoenicians and then it morphed. Mm-hmm. It was picked up by the Greeks and the Romans and all these, you know, mm-hmm. so, but, but sure. But that original alphabet supposedly was developed by the other Canaanite peoples mm-hmm. after Israel moved in in there. But what he covers in the Moses controversy is this fascinating thing that they actually find this sort of proto-Hebrew uh, writing in in places in the in the Sinai Peninsula in ancient Egypt uh, that predate the Phoenician alphabet. And th- this would have been the first development of the alphabet. And if based on the dating that they use for these particular places where they've found this, and, and by the way, you also find this same writing and these kind of things at the real Mount Sinai location mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. But if, if you take the dating that he comes up with there, it would put it to uh, not only the time of Moses, but even before suggesting that, mm-hmm. Uh, potentially someone who was high-ranking, who was connected in Egypt uh, with people, developed this first al- alphabet from Egyptian hieroglyphs. Mm. Um, th- he, he spells this out on the show. Yeah. I know I'm just saying the general principle, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But, like, he spells this out on the show and shows you, the, has these different, you know, experts, these different linguists and, and yeah. so on, uh, analyzing this stuff. And basically he's showing that how he shows specifically where these uh the alphabet how it came out of this these these hieroglyphs mm. these egyptian hieroglyphs <laughs> and so so the point that he makes and and you know if it, this is going to this is a spoiler alert but uh, if you do watch that <laughs> one of the one of the conclusions that he comes to is that potentially joseph who was basically a prince in egypt uh, you know at yeah. the right hand of the king uh, second in command of all of Egypt, right. who would have had, and everybody wouldn't have had an ability to read Egyptian mm-hmm. hieroglyphs. Right. The, the common person couldn't. Probably were illiterate. Somebody developed the alphabet, and and if you think about this in the in the history of the world, and the what was about to come onto the scene in terms of God's word being written, mm-hmm. and God wanting this to be a word that everyone in the world hears and knows about, and is able to learn about the one true God wow. with the yeah. coming of Christ, that the Hebrew people themselves were actually the ones who developed our 
first alphabet. I think that is a really, really cool that idea. Is, yeah. you that know? is so cool. Another little piece that you don't hear about in history books. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, that's about it. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on the, uh, on the topic there, but uh, I was going to close up shop and just kind of leave this one hanging about Joseph. Well, no, I, one of the things, oh. No, go ahead, Don, yeah, please. I was going to say is this. They said they found a city on top of a city. And down through the ages, they've done that. Yeah. They've actually went over top of other cities and built another city altogether. Yeah. So for people to think, oh, this is a bunch of hooey and mm-hmm. this really didn't happen, they're just saying this. It's been proven fact. I've even watched it on the History Channel where they've gone down in different, I can't name of the cities because yeah. I can't remember, but they found cities under the cities mm-hmm. and all this uh, duck work, all this different passages, all this different right. stuff. And it's been buried. They never even knew it was there until somebody went down and was working yep. working, and yeah. seen it. The one example I can think of is the, the Hittites, the Old Testament people group, the Hittites people. Mm-hmm. Before they found and discovered the Hittites, it was, a, it was a thing where people disbelieved the Bible. They thought they were making up this people group and they didn't exist. Mm-hmm. They were actually a fairly large civilization, the Hittites. Right. Uh, ironically. <laughs> um, but they, you know, they, and there's, there's been so many examples of that kind of thing. Um, and I just hope that you're encouraged in your faith. I hope that, you know, yeah. this is just one more example of something that we've seen that shows that the Bible stories are true, that we can trust them, even when there's so many people saying the contrary. Uh, God's word just always seems to come out on top. Yeah. Amen. Always. Yeah, it does. And I I, I love, love the story of Joseph. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I've told my wife... Yeah. Outside of Jesus, Joseph is my favorite character in the Bible, and yeah. I, I wrote about it quite a bit in my book because it is just what I said. I mean, he had such pain in his life, yeah, but God used it to bring about such purpose, and then you have to think about why that is in the Bible, right? I mean, God knew yeah. that so many of us were going to face pain and, right, and right. trial and an unexpected path, right? I mean, his his... His journey in life was totally illogical. I always say that. I mean, one of the things that I said is if he had gone to his father and said, hey, Dad, I want to become second in command of Egypt. How do you think I should do it? And his dad had said, well, I think <laughs> Not like that. that your brother should throw you into a pit and yeah. you should Get be sold, sold into, into slavery, slavery yeah, yeah, in prison. Yeah. Nobody would follow that path yeah. and expect to become second in command, and yet that's the path that his life took. Yeah. And so many of us have these unexpected twists and turns, and Joseph remains steadfast as an encouragement to us. And I love that now there is archaeological evidence of his existence. Of Joseph, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and, and honestly, if, if you haven't done so already, I'd encourage you, if you're listening or one of you guys, uh, look up the Joseph-Emotep mm-hmm. comparison. Yeah. Fascinating. I mean, uh, the, the big issue there, I think, is some of the dating issue with it, but uh, but it is fascinating. And if if the Egyptologists are wrong uh, on, on the dating thing, then it it, he, it it could be a legitimate comparison. Whether or not it's true, that, that part of it doesn't matter. Right. But, uh, but fascinating. Cool. And, of mm-hmm. course, Genesis culminates with what you meant for evil, God meant for good yeah, mm-hmm. and for, for the sure. saving of many lives. That's the point of uh, that, that Joseph makes in Genesis 50, verse 20. Right. So just absolutely okay. incredible. And, of course, we were talking before we, be, we began about how Joseph is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. He, he suffered. Uh, he was received back from death, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, he was, as he was believed to have been dead and then came right. back from death, and then he brought salvation to the nations through mm-hmm. the time of famine and so on, just like Jesus yeah. did. So. 
Um, yeah. Well, hey, that's about uh, all we're going to get into today. But uh, I'm going to close up with a word of prayer because that's what we always do. And uh, th- this is just kind of our way of introducing you to the faith. If you have never received Christ before, I want to encourage you to do that, to ask him into your heart, to ask him into your life, to be the Lord of your life, to be your Savior and your God. Uh, Just like in ancient Egypt, there were many gods. Today, there's many gods in our culture, but there's only one true God, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he came to seek and save that which was lost. Uh, You were lost. I was lost. Uh, but now I've been found. So if if you don't feel like you know God in that personal, intimate way, it's very simple. All you have to do is say this prayer and invite Christ to come into your life. So I want you to do this with me right now, no matter where you are. You can even just say it uh, to yourself inside your head, and that's fine. Uh, if you do, go on and be baptized by a church, because that's kind of the next step of, of faith there, and, and, and get you know, get acquainted with a church. Start attending a Bible preaching church that'll teach you the story of Joseph and others. But say this prayer with me right now. The Bible says, all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a savior. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again three days later. Come into my life. Change my heart, God. Make me new today so that I can live for you tomorrow. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you did say that prayer, we do want to offer you our applause, and uh, we celebrate you because uh, you're a child of God. It might not seem like it, but I want to encourage you. Something real did just happen, and so make sure you let us know if that's you and you you need help finding a church. We would love to help you do that. Uh, If you need a Bible, Gospel Ministries also gives Bibles to new believers. We will get you a Bible, so just reach out to us. And we'll take care of you. But we love you in Jesus, and we hope that this uh, entire series just has been a source of encouragement for you. Again, uh, Mr. Don, thank you so much for joining us again. We love you. Appreciate you. And Dr. Mike, thanks again, man. It was great. We will see you next time, friends. God bless you.